lot of it is repetitive, and, um, but as I've said all along through this uh, series, um, all you have to do is read your newspaper uh, every week. I've got stuff right here from just this uh, past uh, week. Uh, you know, we talked. the last thing we kind of talked about uh, was that um, one of the reasons that God will pour out his wrath on Mystery Babylon, uh, whoever that may be, and there are various opinions about that. You know what mine is. I believe, based on what we've studied, that it uh, looks like America to me, and it looks like perhaps even New York City. Um, and I'm not alone in that. There are a number of folks. But, for example, we said that one of the reasons God will bring uh, his judgment upon Mystery Babylon is because of the way it treats Israel. And um, just, this, uh, just uh, yesterday... Uh, this article I have right here is headlined, Obama's Third Term. <laughs> Biden administration expands Obama's anti-Israel policies. And the article goes on to talk about uh, some of those things. It talks about one of the appointments that uh, um, the president has made, um, uh, Mahar Bitar. Uh, he has selected to be the senior director of intelligence at the National Security Council. And he's a long-standing anti-Israel activist and has been connected and uh, uh, highly involved with the Muslim Brotherhood and uh, has been very outspoken, anti-Semitic against Israel. He is now the Senior Director of Intelligence at the Nas National Security Council. Um, and uh, then you know the president recently, not shor shortly uh, after he was uh, put in office, um, he halted America's sale of F-35s uh, to the United Arab Emirates. Uh, he stopped that um, and wants a re-examination, you know, of the Trump administration's designation as, as the Houthis, as a terrorist group. Um, you, you may say, What's, why wouldn't he stop the sale of F-35s to the United Arab Emirates? Because they're an ally. They help us in the Middle East. And so he has stopped and said, no, we're not going to, at least he may change that, uh, but we're going to um, uh, halt the selling of F-35s to the United States. That's one article. I had an article. This article came out. Oh, this was yesterday. The Biden administration reportedly intends to demand that Israel return what his administration, our administration, is referring to is the nine miles wide pre-1967 armistice and began to declare areas of Judea, Samaria, and really all over Israel as a Palestinian state. This is the agenda. And um, the, um, that, that, should, that should alarm us. Um, by the way, that uh, 1967 tract of land, um, you know, is what Israel uh, took in the, uh, in the war, and uh, rightfully so. Um, and in pre uh, other wars, they took a lot more than that. They took all the way to uh, uh, Cairo, Egypt, just about, and uh, whipped everybody <laughs> that uh, fought them and the, the uh, UN uh, basically negotiated, but let me use another term, begged Israel, would you give them, these poor people, back their land? 
And Israel negotiated a return of their land, but kept certain things like the Golan Heights, which they, they very well should have, among other areas of Israel. They took hold of the, the old city and including the, uh, the old Temple Mound area, though they allowed, which Jordan had ruled prior, but they allowed Jordan to continue to operate it, but they are the final authority on it. Um, but now uh, the current administration says there's this nine-mile track and um, uh, you need to give it back to uh, the Palestinians so that uh, they can have their state. And it's just uh, it's a horrible, horrible move. Uh, but so um, one of the reasons we said that the judgment of God will uh, fall on uh, Mystery Babylon is because it turns its back on Israel. That's why you've heard me say for years, uh, I want to be on Israel's side. Hello? Now, I didn't just say Israel's not responsible to God. They don't get a pass to act any way they want. And they still have the same responsibility to recognize who their Savior is, Jesus Christ. But... I know what the Bible says, and in a war, I want to be on their side. Amen? And I also know this, that the Bible says, I will bless those who bless you, Israel, and I will curse those who curse you. And that's what ought to uh, um, alarm us a little bit about those things. Okay, I just, just uh, current events, thought I'd bring you up on that. Okay, now, tonight what I want to begin talking to you about is, I told you last week, what about the probable coming attack on America? Uh, whether America is Mystery Babylon or not, uh, most likely military experts say that terrorists are going to attack us again and going to do so very significant. For example, uh, example, former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates, you probably remember him, and his, he said this, and I quote, listen to this, this is chilling. Every senior leader, when you're asked, what keeps you awake at night? It's, and then he says, it is the thought of a terrorist ending up with a weapon of mass destruction, especially nuclear. This is, this is former Secretary of Defense. Any senior leader, if you ask, what keeps you up at night, he said terrorists getting nuclear. Because if they get them, they all know. They will use them. If they get them and they have the capacity to get them into our country, they will use them. General Richard Myers, a former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said, and I quote, I'm no alarmist, but I did spend four years right after 9-11 looking at all this intelligence from violent weapons. God forbid if terrorists get their hands on nuclear materials, they, and they could do it uh, very well. They're ruthless, so we know they'd use them. They want to bring down the United States in particular and the West in general. Uh, the report, World at Risk, was a report of the Commission on the Prevention of Weapons of Mass Destruction, Proliferation, Terrorism. It was appointed by Congress back some years ago, and their report concluded this, terrorists are determined to attack us again with weapons of mass destruction if they can. They referred back to uh, Obama, uh, Osama bin Laden, 
who said what, when he was still operating that obtaining these kinds of weapons of mass destruction is a religious duty. And he is reported to have sought to perpetrate another Hiroshima. Um, now, uh, so uh, your secular leaders believe it is highly probable that there will be another attack on America. I probably am preaching to the choir about that because my guess is probably everybody in here thinks not if but when. And especially if Iran gets freedom to continue pursuing the uh, the enrichment of nuclear-grade materials. They've added some of the high, new high-tech centrifuges, which they, they uh, knew uh, they used to enrich this. And by the way, don't look, don't trust the Iranians when they say, oh, we're not going to use it for anything nefarious, like our current administration does. And is trying to say, okay, we will let you... Uh, back into our our good graces, but just you got to tell us that you're not going to produce nuclear material and that you're not going to produce nuclear weapons. Does anybody here believe that? In fact, my guess is they are producing, uh, attempting to produce that process right now. Now it takes it's a long process for countries that have never done it before, but my guess is that since the Trump administration is out. And the new administration, which has pandered to, uh, to this, my guess is that they are in the process of trying once again to get that, that uh, to move to that. And that's a pretty spooky thing. It's a pretty spooky thing because back in two administrations ago, uh, when Ahmadinejad was in power there, a puppet of the Al-Khamenei, uh, Ahmadinejad said this. He said, uh, Israel does not deserve to exist. And it is our mission to wipe them and America off the face of the earth. Now, let me tell you something about Israel. Israel has a, an incredible intelligence uh, association called the Mossad. And these guys are a sharp. And um, they will... Uh, I, I, you can be certain they know where Iran is in the process. And you can be certain, and this could inflame the entire Middle East, but if they believe in any way they're threatened, you can expect them to take out those nuclear enrichment sites in Iran. You can expect that. You know, just a few years ago, all these nuclear computers at, at the Iranian sites crashed. Did y'all know that? They crashed and lost everything. And they accused Israel. Israel may have been the ones that did it, but they accused Israel of having corrupted everything. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all because when you've been told, if we get something, we're going to use it against you and we're going to wipe you out. You can see how a war would emerge, right? Remember we studied Ezekiel 38 and 39 about the the um, coalition that comes down from the north under the leadership of Russia. Why would Russia? Uh, Russia has been looking for a reason. They, you know, they've established themselves in Syria, uh, puppet ruler there. They've been looking for a reason for decades to move down into Israel. They are 
and have been in the last decade the, the country that has been supplying um, nuclear technology to Iran. And, um, and by the way, that's the first time in history those two nations have ever buddied up. They've hated each other. So you get the picture. So Iran says, we want to wipe out Israel. Israel most likely will say, not on our watch, you're not going to do it. Uh, Israel might very well make a first strike. Then Russia says, ah, this is our opportunity because we've been wanting to come down. And so Russia says, uh, uh, Iran is our ally. We're going to defend them against these people who struck them first. And the whole world, maybe untragically and hopefully not, but the whole world would probably go, that's right, Israel struck first. Because you've noticed any time the Palestinians shoot missiles into Israel, the media blames Israel. And so you could see that scenario happening. And so Russia comes down to support Iran. There's a war in the Middle East. Syria goes with all these, uh, some of these other countries go with Iran. And guess what? You might possibly have the war of of. Uh, uh, Gog and Magog uh, mentioned in Ezekiel 38, which then causes America to have to say, well, we support Israel, our longstanding ally. And I have to tell you something right now, I think if that happened, I don't think the current administration would do it. You may like and love the current administration. I'm just simply saying their track record isn't a good one when it comes to Israel. And so... Um, so you could see how that could all uh, happen. It could happen uh, pretty uh, quickly. And so um, the Bible talks about this sudden destruction of Mystery Babylon. Take your Bibles and open up to Revelation 18. Revelation 18, a passage we've looked at off and on a couple of times. Um, and let's look at uh, verses uh, 4 through 8. It says, then I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. That's talking about God's people. There'll be, there'll be believers, a remnant of God's people. Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins. Lest you share in her plagues. All right? Lest you take part in her sins. Now look, and share in her plagues. Now I've told you that in the tribulation period, God's people, I do not feel like, based on Scripture, will be under the wrath of God. The people that are not a part of the remnant of God will be under the wrath of God, just like the whole world at that stage. Are y'all following me? Christians will suffer. Now, you'll suffer just because of the consequences of the other going on in the world. That's one way Christians will suffer. The other way, do you know how... Christians will suffer, though, if they're not experiencing the direct wrath of God. What will they suffer from? The wrath of the Antichrist. It's very clear right, that he will, he will murder and, and kill believers, okay? So, Mystery Babylon is the center of world kind of wickedness, and it's one way to say it. So, what does God say? Now, look, he says, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sin. And if you take part in her sin, you're going to also get, take part in her plagues. Are y'all with me? 
okay? Uh, for her sin, her sin, listen to how it's described, are heaped as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back, uh, for she herself has paid back others and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the, the cup that she mixed as she glorified herself and lived in luxury. So give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen. I'm no widow, and uh, mourning I shall never see. For this reason her plagues will come, look at this, in a single day. Death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. In a single day. Isaiah speaks of Babylon being destroyed in a single day. Now, most scholars say, yeah, but that was the Babylon, the ancient Babylon, and it did appear to fall in a single day. But there are some differences there because it says no one will ever inhabit her again in the Old Testament in both Isaiah and in Jeremiah where it refers to that, that no one will ever uh, uh, inhabit her and, and it will be filled with wild beasts and that sort of thing. There is some measure to that, uh, but, um, so, but some scholars believe because it says that, it's referring to the latter Babylon, uh, Mystery Babylon. It might be. We don't know. But what we do know is that God's going to pour out a sudden a destructive expression of his wrath on Mystery Babylon. Just like that. In one day... It says, and this reason the, the plagues will come in a single day. Now, remember that Jesus over in Luke chapter 17 said that the, the coming of the Son of Man will be like what? The days of Noah. Remember? People were eating and drinking and marrying and going through their routines until they boarded the ark. But if you stay there, it goes on to say... And it will also be like it was in the days of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, where God rained down fire and sulfur. Um, and if you go back in Genesis 19, I think it is, and you read the account of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, you see it happened in a day. Boom. And by the way, it sounds a whole lot it reads a whole lot like a nuclear event. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that. Uh, I, have some, I have some thoughts, but I'll, I'll leave them at that. But my point is, you see, if Jesus said it's going to be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, they had 24 hours to get out of there. And by the way, you know, not all of Lot's family went with him. Some of them perished. And I'm not just talking about his wife who became, I was teasing, I was shooting some devotions and I was quoting that verse today in one of my television devotions and I was teasing our video crew to see if they know their Bible. And I said, and Lot's wife turned back and became a pillar of Morton salt. And it took them a second, but they got it. They, they finally came around. They, uh, one of the guys that's running the, the, the camera looked at me and went, I said, no, it's not in the Bible. She just became a pillar of salt. Well, But do you know some of the family of Lot did not make it out because they, they made fun of it. They made fun of Lot. 
and, and then didn't take it seriously. And so they left. But my point is, it says right here, it, it just reminds you so much, doesn't it? Come out of her, my people, lest you take partners and get out of there is what God says. Because God says, if you choose to stay, just like Lot's, some of Lot's family, Lot and two daughters survived, right? And his wife would have, but she turned back and looked at the blast or uh, the fire and all. And um, so, and some believe she, she stopped. She didn't actually, she didn't keep going. She just, she was still attached to, to, um, Sodom and Gomorrah, and she was just couldn't quite give it up. So she turned, and it was trying, and she was still too close to the the blast by that time. And it, well, who knows? But I just think when I read that, doesn't that sound an awful lot like the same? Get out of her while you can. Get out of there uh, while while you can. And so it says, in one day, in a single day, uh, burned up. Then look over, if you will, at verse seventeen. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid to waste. Verse 18, uh, or well, going through 17, all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors, and all whose trade is on the sea stood far off. And look what they did. And they cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? They wept and mourned. And, and uh, part of it's because it's the center of world commerce. Look at verse 15. The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of, of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and with pearls for in a single hour. It's gone. So the destruction of mystery Babylon, when God says enough is enough, It'll be over quickly. And God may use, I said God may use some pagan terrorist group to express wrath with. Does that shock you if I say that? God has, has used on numerous occasions pagan godless nations to bring discipline, and even wrath to his own people to turn them, try to turn them back. Now, here's the other side of that. For example, when ancient Babylon uh, conquered Israel, took them captive, God, God used them. He says, they're my army of discipline. But do you know, he goes on to say, and this is a paraphrase of the translation, he goes on to say, but I won't forget what they did to my people. Even though I allowed it to happen, they're going to get theirs too. See? So here's the thing. God, all, God controls all the weapons. He allows. And that's why he can allow a pagan nation. By the way, America, if it's honest, would have to be considered now a pagan nation. That's not where we came from. But we act like a pagan nation. Hello? So, um, at any rate, so it's going to happen real quick. Let me, let me share, I've got a, a few minutes here. Let me share a few more things with you here. Uh, Paul Williams, an FBI consultant on terrorism, in his book, uh, uh, Disclosed Steps Taken by uh, Osama bin Laden several years ago, 
um, while still alive to secure as many as 20 RA-115 suitcase nuke purchases from former KGB agents for approximately $30 million in cash and heroin. They were trying to get these uh, what they call um, briefcase nukes or suitcase nuclear weapons. They did not, we're told, but they were attempting to. Uh, retired thermonuclear weapon designer Thomas C. Reed of the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories and Danny Stillman of the Los Alamos Labs, in their book, The Nuclear Express, state, and I quote, a fierce storm is gathering. And then they see the world in which millions will die from an Islamic bomb. They go on to say more than one democratic society will be consigned to the dust heap of history. Um, in 2007, some years back now, over a decade, but uh, FBI Director Robert Mueller uh, told Newsweek, uh, Newsmax magazine that Osama bin Laden and his terrorist group desperately want to obtain nuclear devices and explode them in American cities, especially New York and Washington, D.C. FBI consultant Pat Williams has suggested that terrorists will target seven to ten large American cities in which to detonate nuclear weapons. Several years ago, the New York Daily News reported that security officials were concerned by reports that terrorists were planning simultaneous nuclear attacks on seven U.S. cities, New York, Boston, Miami, Houston, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and Washington, D.C., Bipartisan concern, both William J. Perry, the former Secretary of Defense, and Ashton Carter, Assistant Secretary of Defense under Clinton, co-authored a jaw-dropping op-ed column in the New York Times in which they agree that it is most probable that terrorists will detonate multiple nukes in America at some point in time in America's future. In the spring uh, uh, 2004, the FBI arrested Muhammad Barbar, a terrorist agent, as he returned to the U.S. from a terrorist planning meeting in Pakistan. Facing a potential of 70 years in federal prison, Barbar confessed that terrorism, uh, terrorists were planning a spectacular attack on American soil, a nuclear 9-11 is what they were planning, he confessed, and that that would occur simultaneously in other major metropolitan areas throughout the country. His testimony was confirmed by another participant in the same Pakistani um, uh, planning session, Sharif al-Masari. Folks, that's a little spooky, isn't it? And do you think it maybe has gotten worse since 2007 and 2004? Well... The sudden destruction, and we know, think about it, if, uh, if weapons went off New York, Boston, uh, Atlanta, um, uh, and we would feel direct ramifications if it goes off in Atlanta. But listen, everything shuts down if that, if that kind of scenario happens. You, the economy shuts down, commerce shuts down, every, the, the, everybody goes into, a, the, it becomes the wild, wild west because everything becomes about survival. Food, food supplies run out, and it doesn't take long. People begin to riot and loot. We've seen that. It doesn't take much for that in America anymore, does it? And all of these kinds of things start dominoing. And uh, so you could see how traumatic it would be. Okay, I've got to stop at 7 o'clock. But I, I've got, let me tell you where I'm going when we, when we reconvene in two weeks. 
I'm going to answer the question, has America been warned by God? Has America been warned by God? Y'all think about that. And then I'm going to, I mean, the simple answer is yes, right? I mean, to ask that question, the simple answer is yes. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you two instances of how God woke Israel up, tried to wake Israel up. And I'm going to show you something, uh, uh, what I believe is a consistent principle when God tries to wake, uh, wake us up or turn us. I'm going to show you how the progression, I'm going to show you how he tries to wake us, uh, what he does. So that's what we're going to look at uh, when we come back here in uh, a couple of uh, weeks. And, um, and then we have just a little bit more that we're going to go through and then we'll be finished up. And then we're going back into Bible book studies uh, that we've done uh, in the past. All right, uh, let me stop there. Do you have any questions about anything? Yeah, Tyler. Commentators, uh, various commentators. And yeah, and by the way, um, the, the, um, they're conservative commentators. Um, one of the interesting things about a couple of those passages where it says it will not be inhabited again, they won't deal with that. None of them. I couldn't find one commentary. I have lots and lots of commentary sets and, and, and that I, I love and admire. They don't know what to do with that. Because it isn't true historically, and many of them don't want to say, well, this refers to the end-time Babylon. I personally think it has connotations both ways. Apocalyptic dualism, we say, where, where God fulfilled a prophecy in that age, but also the prophecy remained, uh, was, was a, a prophecy for the future to come. Psalm uh, 22, it talks about Jesus, but it doesn't, it, it's very clear it's talking about Jesus. You know, it's a dualistic kind of thing. It had meaning in the moment that it was written, but it also had a future, uh, very clearly, a, a future uh, fulfillment. So does that make sense? But yeah, yeah. So I, they just, I don't think they know what to do with that because it is, it is still not mystery Babylon, but it is a mystery in some some ways. That's a good question. Anybody else? You have any other questions? Okay. Will there be a, a move of God is what you're saying. I, I believe, and when I say I believe, I'm in a list of people who believe that uh, we will see another move of God in this nation because what does seem, and I'll talk about this, is that before God exacts his ultimate wrath, he always gave his people a chance to return. They didn't always do that. Uh, so we don't know if these events... Look, let's say... New York or America is not Mystery Babylon. There are folks who say it is Rome. I read one today, and he was talking about it is a reborn Rome. There are reasons that I don't think that's true. But, but, um, but let's say America isn't. America is still most likely. If America isn't Mystery Babylon, there's no mention of America 
really, if it's not, and that's not good either, <laughs> right? If you are at least the most powerful empire in the world, and in the last days there's no indication that you even exist, that's not very good, right? Mystery Babylon is existent in the tribulation time. So if America is that, we know America at least gets to the midpoint or, or probably after the midpoint, well, well after the midpoint of the tribulation, if it is Mystery Babylon. Uh, but again, to answer that, uh, Tyler, I would say, but if we're not, let's say we're not, it still doesn't look good. Uh, it looks like we, we probably don't exist. Or if we exist, we exist on such a weak level, we no longer have any influence whatsoever in what's going on in world events. And I would think that would be because maybe there could have been some nuclear kind of thing that tanked our economy or just rendered us completely helpless, those kinds of things. Which, again, you heard these secularists say they're not even looking at the Bible. They're just simply saying... We believe that it's only a matter of time until that happens. And that will be catastrophic. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll just say this. I will say this. I'll come back and address it in two weeks. There is a progression in God's warnings, and each one seems to get a little more severe unless the people turn. Right? It's just like a parent saying, Joe, don't do that anymore, and if you do... Here's a consequence. So Joe does it again. Joe, I told you if you do, here's a consequence. Don't do that again. Well, Joe does it again. So I've got to up the ante, right? I'm trying to get his attention. So I up it. Joe does it again. Okay. This, y'all follow me? A progression of things. And I think we can see that pattern with God in Israel. And I think we, we, could, we could assume that God would do it. And I think he has been doing that so does that answer that okay anybody else yes uh john says i think 9 11 was one of those yes i do uh-huh uh that's a mid-trib that would be a pre or mid-trib and i i am a post-trib by the way which is the historical position of the church I might add. Uh, but uh, that would be either pre or mid. And so I, I, I'm in the old school of the post-trib. So my answer would be no. And that's why I think you see so many believers in the tribulation period of time. Uh, there's, well, y'all don't, I, I won't get in tonight because it take me a long time uh, to get in. But so my answer with John would be, would be no. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay if God cho chooses it, uh, to do it before then. I just want you to know. I won't, uh, and, and by the way, to my pre-trib friends, if, God is pre, if, if it is pre-trib, y'all can wag your finger at me on the way up, okay? Uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, but there are, you know, pre-trib, uh, mid-trib. There is uh, uh, what they call a pre-wrath rapture and post-rapture, uh, post-trib rapture. So you got people on all sides of it, good, good uh, people and godly people. And I, I, I respect so many of them 
Uh, and I, I understand they have the right to be wrong. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, any other uh, question for you? That, that's good. Maybe I need, yes, ma'am. I think that's very possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's already been attempts to unite the Americas into one. And so it's very possible that there could be a conglomerate like the European Union uh, that exists. There are those who've been trying to tie, um, in fact, they've been putting a highway through from Mexico all the way into Canada for commerce where, where uh, trucks could travel back and forth without having to uh, stop at borders and identify themselves and that sort of stuff. And that's part, there has been for a long time actually an attempt to create a, um, I don't know what you call it, an America's Union, a North American Union, or that kind of thing where you dissolve these national borders, hello, and open everything up and, uh, and so live. Now, that might would have to happen if, like, for example, there's an economic collapse, and they say, gosh, we've got to restructure this thing. But there are those who want that and have, I don't mean just recently, since the turn of the 20th century, there have been groups working to try to make that happen. So, yes, I think that is a very real possibility. Well, we've got to go because the choir's got to sing. Uh, y'all not singing tonight? Okay, Brother Tim says, no. So any more questions? <laughs> I like that. That's fine. Any, any more questions? Okay. Uh, well, there's still, as you can see in all of this, there's still a lot, there are lots of options. You know, there are just a, a lot of views about this. And um, uh, I like what one guy said. He said, I'm a pan-millennialist. A pan-millennialist. You say, what's a pan-millennialist? You know what he said, Buster? <laughs> he said, I believe it'll all pan out in the end. <laughs> God has written a book. God has written a book. He tells us, here's what we know. It's probably going to get darker before the light. But we're on the right side. It doesn't mean there won't be any pain or suffering or difficulty. We're already seeing that in so many ways. But the good news is our king wins. Our king wins. And I was reading about uh, recently about how the beast will be thrown into the pit. And I think, isn't that so? He knows he's already beat. He already knows that. You heard me say Sunday the two books that the devil hates the most. Genesis, because it talks about his demise and revelation because it tells him how it's going to happen and it's true isn't it and so that's the good news for us